Hey guys, welcome back to Bible Plus. We're beginning the book of 1 Timothy today. And 1 Timothy, it's it's a personal letter from Paul. Paul wrote this letter also. It's a personal letter from Paul to his spiritual son, Timothy. That's why it's called 1 Timothy. It's And I mean, think about how crazy it would be for one of your personal letters to get canonized as... Holy Scripture from God. I mean that that's an incredible that's an incredible thing. But don't just think like, oh wow, so we just got this guy's postcard uh, to his friend from a few you know a couple thousand years ago, and and then somebody later on just decided, okay, yeah, well it's God's word. No, don't 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 think that. Paul knows what he's doing. Paul knows exactly what he's doing. In Colossians 1.25, he, he tells the believers in Colossae that he is completing the word of God. He's making the whole counsel of God in Acts 20.27 20, fully known. He's been entrusted with the final completing revelation of who Christ is and what he's come to do and, and the body of Christ. And Paul has been entrusted with that information, with that revelation from God, and he is by way of letter, by way of preaching, in every and all way, he's trying to make that fully known. So this letter absolutely is God's word. And at the same time, it's a personal letter from Paul to his spiritual son, Timothy. He's talking about the church. First Timothy is, is about God's economy concerning the church. 1 Timothy is about God's economy. It's about God's economy concerning the church. And, and with the church, there's always two sides to talk about. There's life and there's practice. And what Paul's been doing in Romans through 2 Thessalonians is largely he's been talking about the life of the church. And he's going to transition here. 1 Timothy through Philemon, he's talking about mainly the practice of the church and specifically with the administration and the care of a local church, not just the church at large, the capital B body of Christ, but caring for and the administration of local churches. And the first thing that he has to say, and probably the most important thing is why he says it first, right from the jump to his spiritual son, Timothy, is this, I charged you, I exhorted you when I was going to Macedonia. This is 1 Timothy 1. Verse 3, I exhorted you, stay in Ephesus in order that you might charge certain ones not to teach different things. What was the charge? What did he want? He wanted Timothy to stay in Ephesus and charge certain people there not to teach, quote, different things, nor to give heed to myths, verse 4, and unending genealogies which produce questionings rather than God's economy which is in faith. So he's writing to Timothy and he's reminding him, remember, I told you, stay in Ephesus and remind certain people there, don't teach different things. What are, what are, the, what are different things? What's he talking about? The different things are myths, verse three. They're genealogies, verse four. They're the law in verse seven. Charge certain people there, don't teach myths and, and genealogies and the law. What do those produce? Well, really, they produce more questionings. Oh, more interest. Yeah, tell me more about that genealogy. and Tell me more about that. Don't teach that. Instead, teach God's economy, which is in faith. Teach God's economy. 
basically what Paul is telling Timothy to tell other people is just teach God's economy. Now, if you've been around us for any length of time, you're going to hear these this phrase, God's economy. We like to say it a lot. God's economy is in faith and it produces faith. So what I want to talk about here as we open the book of 1 Timothy, especially because it's a book on God's economy, is what is God's economy? Um, depending on your Bible translation, it may say God's plan or God's administration or God's dispensation. The Greek word here is oikonomia. Oikonomia, does that sound familiar? If it does, it's because when you anglicize it, it's economy. God's economy. And oikonomia means household law, household law. And, and, it, and it implies the, the distribution of certain resources within that house. When I, was, when I was going to school at UT, I learned a really simple, I took, I took an economy class. And I, or maybe, no, not an economy class. Economics, that's what I took. And I learned a really simple, helpful definition for economy. I never forgot it. Economy means the distribution of limited resources. That's what it means. The distribution of limited resources. Now, that still may sound a little confusing. So think about it this way. McDonald's has an economy. Just like the U.S. has an economy, China has an economy, every country has an economy, they're distributing limited resources, McDonald's also has an economy. What resources is McDonald's distributing? Burgers. I know they're distributing fries. I know they're distributing McFlurries. I'm a fan of their vanilla cones. But mainly they're distributing burgers. That's, that's what they're trying to get out there. And, and I think, if, you know, shorthand here, let's just say it's just burgers, mainly burgers. Okay, so McDonald's has a resource. It's trying to distribute burgers. God also has an economy, just like McDonald's has an economy. God has an economy. What resource is God trying to distribute? No, no. Well, I don't know what you said, so I can't say no. But what he's trying to distribute is himself. He's trying to distribute himself in Christ as the Spirit. That's what he's doing. The, the resource that God wants to distribute to humanity is himself. And, and guess what? The good news is there's no limit. The, the, resource, the resource is unlimited, and, and, and it's available. It's available to us. That's what the Bible is all about. It's about God being with us, coming to us in Christ through death and resurrection, becoming available to us and within us as the Spirit. Why? Because he wants to distribute himself all the time, 24-7, 365 days a year into man. When that happens, God gets, he gets the body of Christ. He gets the bride of Christ. He gets, he gets the household of God. He gets a corporate person that he can marry, that matches him, that glorifies him, that chooses him, that reveres him and honors him in the midst of a universe in rebellion against him. This is what he wants. He wants the body of Christ. And so what Paul is, is telling Timothy here, what he's telling him is, hey, I know there's I know there's some other 
interesting things, even interesting biblical things to talk about, some genealogies, some some myths, some some what ifs. Oh, I heard that maybe Enoch, you know, back in Genesis, there's a myth that maybe you know, I know there's interesting things to talk about. I know it's interesting to try and figure, how how can I keep the law even better? I know there's interesting things to talk about, but don't teach that. Did I do that? No, I didn't. What I taught and what I teach is God's economy. And you know what? It's in faith. And when you're under the hearing of it, it produces faith. And what Paul, what Paul reminds us that we need to do at the end of this chapter is hold this faith. Hold faith and a good conscience so that we don't, we don't shipwreck regarding the faith, regarding the important elements and plot lines of the story of God's distributing himself to man. It's God's economy. That's the point. It is the economy. And so that's why we like to talk about it a whole lot, because the Apostle Paul did too. So, as we get into 1 Timothy here, how, how about we do this? Let's verse 19, hold faith and a good conscience as we move forward together in God's story.